in a world full of cruelty and depravity, where the lawless make the law and the good are preyed upon by the bad, two unlikely heroes will emerge. But wait, what the hell? They're just gonna bitch about it? That's kind of their thing. Okay, whatever. Two crazy Florida men named Bill. And that is Bill. And Todd. That's Todd. Drinking beer and talking about true crime. Yeah, just talking about it. Not doing anything about it. Welcome to Crimes, Killers, Cults, and Beer. A true crime comedy podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Crimes, Killers, Colts, and Beer, and Beer, and this is a, kind of a special episode because we have a special guest, um, Matthew Brockmeyer from the Murder Coaster podcast, which, say hi. Guten Tag, would you <laughs> like to play a game of rock, paper, scissors? Oh my god. <laughs> You have no idea how funny that is, and you won't know until part two of this episode. Oh, my God. This is going to be some fun times now. Did you you hack my notes? (laughs) Well, I was going to make a joke about my safety scissors, but there was no point. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, in case you're wondering where Todd is, Todd is taking some time off. Um, you know, everybody needs some time off. And if you're wondering why I sound like this, I have a fucking cold. He's a trooper. <laughs> yeah. And I know that if I had done, um, if, if I had said, okay, I'm not doing an episode because I have a cold, I'd get blasted by you guys on social media. You did an episode with COVID. You can do one with a cold. Well, here I am. So. <laughs> you <got> some harsh <laughs> listeners, man. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we, we love our listeners. Even the ones that, that rag on us. And we encourage hmm. them to rag on us because we like it. Well, I do anyway. I don't know about you. <laughs> but um, So I have been trying like Dayquil and everything. I've taken more Dayquil than I should have and everything. That didn't, didn't work. I am on my second beer and it seems to be working. So Dayquil doesn't have alcohol in it. So I think that's the only thing that was missing. Alcohol. There you go. So, uh, so maybe there won't be a lot of coughing in this one. And even if maybe. there is, even if there is, they won't hear it anyway because I will edit it every single cough out of there. I promise. Or sneeze. I promise. <laughs> hear that, folks? See how hard he works for you. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, um, tell them about a little bit about your podcast, there, Matthew. Oh, uh, my podcast is called Murder Coaster. I uh, uh, have a lovely co-host named Krista Carmen, and uh, we're both horror writers, and we enjoy delving deep into bizarre true crime. It's a lot of fun. Check us out if you get a chance. Yeah, Murder Coaster, wherever you get podcasts. I've, I've listened to quite a few of your episodes, and I, I dig the podcast. 
I love the so di- I love the dynamic between you and Krista. Chris, you you're you're you got that you know like gravelly voice and whatnot, and then she's just got this this motherly, nurturing, sweet voice and everything, and it, it it's a it's a great di- it's a great dynamic. I love it. <laughs> nice thanks. We have a lot of fun. We have fun like doing the dialogue, you know, like writing out little snippets of dialogue for. The- I love it when you break into song. <laughs> you're probably the only one but i i insist on it anyway <laughs> well i well i do i i, I do it too right. <laughs> you're not an actual a, musician well i mean sometimes i break into song and todd doesn't like it <laughs> i force krista to sing with me like, well, we gotta sing these charlie manson songs she's like okay That's hilarious <laughs> but um but yeah it's great and your current episode episode that we've already covered sid and nancy yes sid and nancy yeah no singing in that one oddly enough but uh we did another punk one just uh the other uh, day called on fang do you know that story yeah i listened to that and i I was aware of them but i didn't know the story well i was a little bit aware of the story i listened to that one that was a very that was an excellent episode Oh, thanks so I much. I loved it. I, I loved it. We got some singing in. <laughs> and I and I even went and, and and listened to the the Fang album on Spotify after after cool. I listened to your episode. So the money like, will roll right <laughs> in. Yeah, and it's exactly what you would expect from a seventies era punk band. Yeah, there. I like Fang. I I liked them back in the day. I mean, it's a it's a shame about all the murder and stuff, but yeah, and <laughs> and and she was a she was a she was a beautiful person too yeah I she mean, really was it was it's hard to find information about her i had to dig pretty deep to get any yeah i was impressed i was impressed with what you did on that one i mean i haven't listened to your sid and nancy one yet but I, i'm going to um on ours i didn't oh i i did sing i i didn't sing flaccid jizzless sang <laughs> do you know who he is have you heard him yet he's mm. one of our characters Oh, you said you had a character singing, right? Okay. He's he's the um he's the death metal uh, he, he's the black the Norwegian black metal tambourine man. <laughs> nice. And you see that you see that tambourine up there uh, in my picture in my yes. that that's that that's the flash. Okay. No, that's his autograph. Oh, that, I see. That's his black metal autograph. <laughs> <laughs> and he he does a little black metal tambourine version of um, Anarchy in the UK. you're not far off (laughs) i like black metal but with the you know with the with the awesome tambourine behind it nobody can play a tambourine (laughs) you need a black metal cowbell guy Uh, oh she fucking just gave me an idea Uh, uh, uh (laughs) so that that moonshine you're drinking hell yeah all right, I'm drinking Bud Light. Everybody knows that. But um, anyway, let's jump into this. Now that we got the pleasantries out of the way, this is the first time I've ever col- collabed with um with Matt here. I've wanted to ever since I heard the podcast. It's, it's a great podcast. I love it. Um, the uh, the che- um the the checks in the mail, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm I, knew, I knew I was going to pay for this somehow. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> so we're covering. Yeah, I, I, I picked a, I picked a, a doozy for Todd not to be here, but he doesn't. He doesn't like. He, he wouldn't have liked this story. He has a hard time with 
when kids are involved and there are kids in this one and that's as yeah. much of a trigger warning as you're going to get from us it's a true crime podcast you know that you know it's coming right <laughs> so i figure if i name my murder coaster i don't need a right <laughs> a warning you know what you're getting yourself into oh same thing with crimes killers cults and beer it's Hell like yeah. okay right th- that just scre- the and beer screams true crime comedy right <laughs> so anyway peter Curtin, known as the vampire of dusseldorf was a german serial killer and he was born may 26th of 1883 and he was the oldest of 13 children and that's a lot of kids that is a lot of kids it's a lot of that's common with those back you know back then and everything they had lots of kids well, a lot of them are usually going to die, but <laughs> oh, yeah, didn't they but, live in one room? I believe too. That's just curtain? crazy. Yeah, yeah, they did. It's a lot of people in one room. Yeah, so um, he was executed by guillotine on July second of nineteen thirty-one. His crime spree lasted from May of nineteen thirteen to November of nineteen twenty-nine. He was convicted of nine murders, but there were more. Um, he was also convicted of seven attempted murder murders as well as arson and burglary. He was a sexual sadist and he had a huge appetite and he was brutal. Fun, fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sources, Ryan Green's book. It, he's our, our favorite author on CKCB. <laughs> he's good. Uh, I like Ryan. Yeah. Oh. He's, he is. I've, the, you see the books on my, um, Book bookcase there at the top shelf, all the black books next to you know there. Mm-hmm. Those are all Ryan Green. Nice. <laughs> but um, yeah, all those books are Ryan Green, and I've got a, probably at least seven or eight of them that I haven't even cracked the spine in yet. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, his book, The Monster Within, a story, a true story of bloodthirst, brutality, and barbaric evil. And I used some wiki and some murderpedia as well. And main reason for that is I was trying to find names, which there aren't a lot of names. There aren't a, aren't a lot of names of his family or anything like that. Oh, um, you're looking for his family, right? Yeah. I, there's, uh, all I found was his, his father's name, and that was in Ryan's book. So Yeah, well, his father was brought to court for raping his daughter. <laughs> I guess you're going to get to that. Um, spoiler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So I just meant that there's obviously probably some court records, but I think a mm-hmm. lot of things in Germany got lost during World War II. Well, yeah, obviously. And, um, including, including, um, Peter's head. <laughs> did, literally, did that, was it, was it in a museum or something? It's in a museum. It, it was in a lab. Now it's in a museum in, in Wisconsin. Oh. I think they they had Fritz Harmon's head for a while too. I, th- I think they just got rid of it in like 2013. I might be wrong on that exact date, but yeah, I'm not sure. I I knew Peter Curtin's head was on display. I didn't know realize I didn't know where it was until I finished the notes for part two of this. Oh, bucket list. Let's go to Wisconsin sometime. Check that thing out. Yeah, and you know what would be great is if they had like severed if they had like collected Ed Gein's head, put his head right next to Ed Gein. <laughs> good wisconsin boy done good <laughs> yeah well no, they should have done a trade they should have brought uh ed gein's head over there to germany and put it on display yeah <laughs> well trade. well P- peter Curtin's head was a spoil was spoil of war so 
Oh. An American soldier brought it back. <laughs> nice. His wife must have been so happy. Look, honey. <laughs> and um, take a guess at which museum it's at. Um, shoot, I don't know. Is there a serial killer museum over there? No, or? it's a, it's a chain of museums. Ripley's, believe it or not. Yep. <laughs> nice, nice. I was just in a Ripley's, believe it or not, the other day in San Francisco. Love that place. I haven't been to one in a while. The one in St. Augustine is really cool. Nice. The one in Orlando is okay. But anyway, um, he was born in Mohim M. Ryan. And I think I got that right. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but it was it was across the river from Cologne. And I hope I got that right. Because it... <laughs> you're wearing something. Uh, well, um, no, that, that's, that's Vicks Vapor Rub. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy stuff. The girls go wild. <laughs> Damn. You got to be... My microphone and internet signal must be really good. If you got smell vision going over there, you can smell my freaking Vicks. Well, you sent me that scratch and sniff card. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's mother was assisted by her mother and, and sister at, for the birth of Peter. Uh, Peter's father, Herr, or her, H-E-R-R, was not there. Um, it wasn't uncommon, but that wasn't uncommon in the 1800s. As far as the family knew, he was going off to celebrate the birth with his friends, but he was just going to the bar and it was a normal day for him. He would, he just used the birth as excuses to go drink. And he was a, he was a molder and most of his money went to the bar and prostitutes because his wife shot him down a lot. And <laughs> when, when he didn't feel like just taking it. Right, I think that he he did enjoy taking it right in front of the children in that little room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 gonna get there real soon. <laughs> uh, he he had a relentless sexual uh, sexual appetite, and because of the money situation, they had to move into a, a one bedroom apartment in, in town, and they were late on rent regularly. But maybe she refused him when she did because she was pregnant all the time. Yeah, like I said, yeah, they had thirteen thir- kids. Thirteen That's kids, insane, man. So that's 15 people crammed into a one bedroom apartment. And I'm assuming, Ugh. I'm assuming that it's probably, I, I'm picturing it's probably the whole, the entire floor space is probably uh, 10 or 15 by 20 or 15 by 25, something like that. You know, and it's probably a, a flat. It's probably not any dividing walls or anything like that. It's probably just a flat. Right. Or an efficiency, as we call it in the United States. <laughs> uh, so um they never got a bigger place and the only there was a, the only bed in the apartment was for Hare and his wife, and the kids slept on the floor. Food was scarce, tempers flare, and it became a war zone as more and more kids were brought into this hellish scenario. And it wouldn't take very long before Hare started becoming abusive, and Peter was the first one to suffer his wrath because he was the oldest, especially when Hare came back home drunk, which was pretty much every night. And you kind of have to admire young Peter a little bit because he did try and defend his young younger sisters and brothers by trying to take all, all of the abuse onto himself um, to a degree. 
I mean, there was only so much he could do. But this, this obviously scarred him and was the caveat for what happened later in life. But abusive parents never stop to think that their actions could be creating a monster. But yeah, you know, but this, despite it, despite Peter's effort, either either a monster or or a perpetual victim. Mm-hmm. You know, but but that's 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 just how it is with these people. They just don't give a shit. They they don't care. No, I don't think he's thinking about what the outcome is going to be with his uh, wrath of sexual violence. <clears throat> no, or physical violence or anything. All of it, all above, yeah. I mean, I can just imagine. It's just like my um my living room here. Like half of it is my is my record or is, is my studio. The other half is the actual living room. I have a rather long living room, so I'm able to divide it in half, and it's probably like. I don't know, probably like I was saying about 10 by, uh, no, it's, it's probably about like 15 by 25, like I was saying. So I'm envisioning my living room and my studio area as their entire apartment. And I just live here. I just live here with my daughter, just the two of us. And it's obviously much bigger than just this area. <laughs> and sometimes this, this house that, that I live in seems not big enough for just me and a 13 year old girl. <laughs> So, yeah, just two of us in much, much bigger place than what they had, and they had fifteen people crammed in there. That just blows my freaking mind. Yeah, I mean, usually, you know, like a lot of these cases, like, like say Carl Panzram or whatever, where they had to like ten kids and everything. They're on a farm. They've got a big house. You know, <laughs> I mean, right. you might have you might have like two or three kids in one room, and they've all got little cots to sleep on. But at least that, you know, at least they're not sleeping on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I bring up Panzram because he. I bring him up several times in this episode for compare for comparison's sake because there's a lot of similarities between Peter Curtin and Carl Panzram. Hmm. Believe it or not, <coughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> well, I mean, we did that big exhaustive three part episode on Panzram recently, so I mean, it's kind of right. fresh in my mind. <laughs> You know? Yeah, but um, like like six hours on Pan's Ram. Damn, that's a lot of Pan's Ram. <laughs> that's a lot of Pan's Ram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just 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 bah, just I'm not I'm not free from the mush mouth even when I have a cold. <laughs> I didn't think that I would be. I'm just, I'm just making an observation. <laughs> <laughs> so despite Peter's efforts, his mother and siblings weren't, you know, completely spared of the abuse. His mother was always bruised and bloodied and hair didn't even tone it down when she was pregnant, which was most of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Condoms. Or, um, at least get your pullout game down. Yeah. Or get a vasectomy. I'll do it. I got I got a pair of rusty pliers. I'll do it. <laughs> Scissors. Scissors. <laughs> <laughs> it's ironic you said that. I can't wait till part two. <laughs> <laughs> he did it for the sheer fun of it. 
That's fucking brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Hare raped his wife constantly, which wasn't considered a crime back then. She's just she's just property. I I almost said that in the southern accent, but that wouldn't have worked because this is in Germany. Yeah, in Deutschland. Fight back, Nugan. <laughs> Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> oh man, there's not a lot of perfect Nugan in this one. Oh, oh man, um, Hare had a game th- that he liked to play. He would line all the kids up next to the bed one by one in the apartment with his life, his his life wife, his his wife lying on it. And he would um, force them to watch as he beat the shit out of her. Other nights, he'd make the kids watch as he raped her. And if any of the kids looked away, that would, you know, he he would beat them as punishment for looking away. And this puke makes Danny Rowling's father seem like a saint. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up shit, man. I mean, Danny Rowling's father was a piece of shit, big time. And this 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 guy, you know, I don't know. I, uh, okay, maybe a saint isn't the right word, but. We'll just say tame. Makes them seem tame. Right. Um, Peter was only three years old the first time that he had to watch his mother be brutally raped. And when he was done, he would just roll off of her and pass out. But the raping showed Peter how women were supposed to be treated in his mind. And he had no clue what a normal relationship was supposed to be. And this is a situation where you feel bad for the kid, but the adult can go fuck himself. Right. <laughs> the hair ignored all the kids unless he was beating them. And, but they were all trapped. And, you know, with all those kids, Peter, Peter's mother was unable to leave, let alone get a job, not to mention divorce was taboo at that time. Um, but, but still, I mean, you know, even, even today, you know, it's like, yeah, you go on Tinder, you look at this girl, you know, so like I've got thirteen kids, eight of them live with me. I'm swiping left. It's <laughs> a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. So um but Peter also had no kids his age to hang out with. So they lived in the inner city while while most families at that time had lived out in the suburbs. Which is kinda weird thinking about it because we're talking about the 1800s you know transportation and everything wasn't it's, it's, like look at london everybody london during that time everybody was crammed into the city much like it is now like in new york or um los angeles or any you know they're they're crammed within city limits but for them to have you know for there to be like a city center and everything but have everybody live out in the suburbs that's that's different Mm-hmm. For, for that time, I mean, do do am I way off, or what do you think? Well, I think a lot. There was a lot of people that were like farmers, and Germany's got like villages and stuff like that. <clears throat> I don't know if I'd call it like a suburb. You know what I mean? It's more like little oh like little, villages little and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, like Dusseldorf would be the the main. It, it it's it's like it's it's like um like take Miami for example you have the the Miami and then you have like Pembroke Pines 
and then you have um you know like all these suburbs of miami spread out they're 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 their own little towns it was like that i suppose so yeah (laughs) well I, i i don't know i've been to california but i can't yeah i don't know it well enough to um break it down like that so i had to go what i knew miami or like orlando you've got altamont (laughs) springs you've got maitland you've got fern park you've got you know one of my best friends has been in germany for a while now yeah he likes it over there yeah he learned to speak german and everything german i mean i i would like like to take a trip over to europe that's you know i've been there a couple times definitely on my bucket list i mean i mainly want to go see um England, Scotland, and Ireland. That's that's my main bucket list destination outside the United States. But I also want to go see. I'd love to go to like a one of those huge metal fests, like in Germany or whatever. I'd love to yeah. go to one. We went to some music festival. I went to the Pink Festival in Amsterdam. That's a really big one. See who was playing Smashing Pumpkins and alice and chains um rage against the machine they all played at this festival i was at there I, I obviously to, a long time ago <laughs> i want i want to go i want to go see one of those festivals over there like with sabaton headlining or something like that <laughs> nice so um yeah he peter wasn't you know he he got he faked his way through school and he just got by and he didn't bother making friends in school because, you know, so because mainly because he wouldn't be able to hang out with any, anybody outside of school because they all lived in the little villages while he lived like in the city, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so he made friends with an adult neighbor. <sighs> so what, what kind of adult makes friends with a preteen that wasn't even 10 years old? Uh, let me guess a dog catcher. <laughs> yep, a dog catcher. <laughs> but not I'm all. I'm sure he was a very nice guy. I'm sure, like you know, he was. There was nothing wrong with him. That he was just a perfect example of humanity. You just went to dog catcher. You didn't read any further. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't have taught him anything bad. He. It was. It must have been all good things. I'm sure of it. It has a happy ending, right? <laughs> initially for the dog catcher <laughs> oh god that's a, that's horrible oh man um a pedo so um they they'd hang out and when they were alone alone the the man would just whip it out and jerk it and he encouraged peter to join in and peter knew what sex was thanks to his piece of shit father and he did join in although it never really became anything uh, more than a mutual circle circle jerk i believe they were having sex with uh animals both alive and dead as well hold on <laughs> damn it my notes just jumped okay but yeah, you're jumping ahead a little bit, like my notes did. Whoops, they, sorry, my you jumped Spoiler ahead. Alert. My, you jumped ahead. My notes jumped backwards. <laughs> I had to get to my favorite part of the story. Fucking dead dogs. But this, this man was a catcher. It's soon he realized Peter had more use than just a toy, so he be, began showing Peter the trade. Now this guy had a slightly different 
outlook on how the trade should go of dog catching. While on the job, this man would catch stray dogs and torture them to death. But Peter, because of his upbringing, was an eager apprentice. And before too long, the man was showing Peter how to torture dogs, and Peter learned well. And later it led to them masturbating while killing these poor dogs. So at nine years old, Peter was already a monster. Between his father and his friend, they they had created a killing machine, and Peter was ready to level up. Mm. Uh, Peter's class and school had just started some outdoor activities. They began making makeshift rafts to cruise down the Rhine. And what they were made was like three person rafts and they were going to drift up river and they had a spot picked out where the teacher would be waiting. Peter and his raft mates um, lagged behind. And when they got to the stopping point, Peter was alone. Uh, the other two boys that he had been with were gone and they were actually his friends, and Peter was in tears, crocodile tears, but tears all the same. Um, but this happened to be friends. Perfect, <laughs> <Burbank> Nugan! <laughs> I can't believe I didn't write Perfect Nugan into this. <laughs> Our listeners know what I'm talking about. You might not. <laughs> but... It all starts on the Joseph Paul Franklin episode with the Perfect Nugent stuff. Mm. Also, nine, nine, mine come Perfect Nugent! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he said that one of the boys who couldn't swim had, fall, had fell into the water and hit his head, and another one jumped in after him and also drowned. And they bought the story because nobody can imagine a nine-year-old killing two of his friends. But what had really happened was that Peter was rocking the boat and one boy who couldn't swim was begging him to stop. And he began teasing him. Like, Hey, what you, you like, you, you, I can't do a German accent right now. Take, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. You don't you like you like Rocky's the boat. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Rock, rocking the boat. Stop it. Perfect. You can. <laughs> nine. Nine. <laughs> So, uh, he's like, he's like, um, he was teasing the boy about how you, you, you'll learn really quick if you just try it. <laughs> Meaning, <laughs> I mean, a lot of children, especially in the old days, were taught to swim by just being chucked on in there. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe he was, uh, trying to perform a service, you know, could have been time to learn. <laughs> could have been. So, so um, he just stood up and kicked the boy in the head, who then fell in the water. And Peter laughed about it. And I'm kind of picturing he did one of the, the like the Shawn Michaels kick. I don't like if you watch wrestling or not. I I haven't. You know, I am not old, a wrestling fan. I I used to I used to be I used to be, but I I couldn't. I, if I watched an episode now, I might be able. I might recognize one wrestler <laughs> and that that'd be the old bogey that comes out just for whatever <laughs> just for Hulkamania. <laughs> um the other boy did dive into the water and did his best to rescue his, his friend who couldn't swim and he took repeated accidental slaps and kicks from the boy who was thrashing around panicking but he subdued him and started swimming back to the raft drinking his bringing dra- yeah <laughs> oh 
dra dragging his now unconscious friend along with him. He lost his grip on the boy who by now had drowned. And he got back to the raft, tried to pull himself up, but Peter pushed him back down. This, this went on for several minutes and the, the boy gassed. He finally lost his strength and sank into the water, um, drowned and was whisked away by the current. <clears throat> uh, nice guy. Nice kid. Oh, yeah. So pleasant. Yeah. Would you take to take a raft ride with me? <laughs> it's funny because um, in part two, he's like kind of out on a date with this girl and he walks by the river and he's just like, yeah, when I was in school, we used to make rafts and cruise down the river. <laughs> all that came out. All, all those were the all... best days of my life. <laughs> Cut my first real river raft. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But um yeah. I'm powering through people. I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> He's a I'm, trooper. I am. <sighs> but nothing ever happened to Peter Peter. Everybody believed his version, but Peter later claimed that um that he had his first orgasm during the when he was like pushing dude you know the kid into the water i don't know if i believe that yeah i mean all of the stuff that's in the story comes from his confessions right kind of right thing. so i mean it's it this is this is a lot like well once again pansram because once you know he started talking once he got into once he got into prison reminds me of chikatilo too he would also often have spontaneous orgasms like that. What did Albert Fish feel? as well? Albert Fish would uh would you know have spontaneous? He he said he orgasmed like five times killing Grace Bud. Showbiz. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they do it in, in Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> What's his big deal? Got shame cut over here. Time suck. Give totally giving time suck a shout out. Had to had to had to. So if if I didn't, people would have been like. They're ripping off time suck. It's not ripping off if you get, if you credit, credit your sources. <laughs> Imitation is the highest form of flattery. Indeed. So, okay. So after his first two kills under his belt, he took a cooling off period, but he continued torturing and killing animals until take a guess. Um, he found a human to do it too, I suppose. Now, um, no. His his man friend was arrested for the animal killings. Oh, what a shame. Talk about a victimless crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were they selling the dog meat on the black? No, they were just killing him. They were just killing him. Mm -hmm. What a waste. But Peter thought it wasn't fair. You know, animals get killed, but his father was out free, able to abuse them and rape his mother. <sighs> Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peter got stronger as he got older, and Hare's abuse toward him stopped. His father probably knew that he wouldn't be able to overpower Peter anymore. So, at 13 years old, Peter got a girlfriend. She was into fooling around, but no actual sex. The The physical excitement 
of that turned down Peter's urges for a while and before too long but before too long Peter needed sex. You know, the blue balls were getting to him. Mm-hmm. I, I guess. But so, <laughs> <laughs> But the the girl was persistent and she ultimately broke up with him. Yeah, you know, saving it for marriage. But um she was too good for him. Yeah, definitely. I think really well there was only one woman that would be good for him and he um he found that woman and he wasn't good to her but I will put a knife in that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so Peter Peter went back to his old hobby of torturing animals and that led to having sex with him and he got bored with that and he realized how fun it was to hurt the animals because their attempts to escape made for more made for more of an intense ride so to speak it's like that George Carlin joke it's like all this sheep pumping farmers, why do they do so at the side of the, the cliff? It's so the sheep will push back. Right, right. You know, uh, if you want to fuck a sheep, you got to get those uh, rubber suit thing that you put on them. What do you call that, though? Like you would get it on a creek with, the rubber? I have no idea. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Are you, do you, you're, you're not falling for it. You know? you're, no. supposed to go, you're supposed to go waders. <laughs> and then I'm supposed to go, oh, you fuck sheep before. That's cool. You know what I'm talking about. But um, that didn't work. Oh, well. I'll <laughs> that's, try again later. <laughs> that's like that joke. Um, like, hey, if you if 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 you and I went went camping and you woke up and I was gone and your <laughs> and your asshole was greased up and sore, would you tell anybody? <laughs> no. Want to go camping? Yeah. <laughs> but um. So this happened at a local ranch that he was working at and he would, um, he would break into, he would break in at night for his sexy time and he escalated even further by cutting the animals as he fucked them and then later to cutting them as he orgasmed. And the sight of blood was, was huge for him. He really got off on it. Yeah. Once again, I think you're looking into my notes. <laughs> <laughs> what is the paraphilia for blood flowing? Is there? A I'm sure there's a name for that. I don't know if there's a name for. It. I'm sure there is, but I don't there's know. But Peter began to stop coming home at night, so Hair Curtain then began raping his oldest daughter, who wasn't even twelve yet. Um, and he would only do this while his wife was out. And one night he was raping his daughter, and his wife came home, and he was sloppy drunk, and his wife walked in on him. She finally went to the police station, and Hare, knowing uh, knowing that she had seen him, he got dressed and he followed her, and he caught her right as she got to the police station, and and he started to try to beat her, but the officers, he must have been hammered if he's like running up to a police station trying to just beat the shit out of his wife, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's damn, I mean. Like that's just stupid. But the obviously the the um officers pounced on him and dragged him off. 
at that point, Peter's mother like began telling the entire story about the abuse and Hare was charged with incest, but not rape. But she was able to divorce him without the taboo because, you know, he had fucked her his own daughter. That's definitely grounds for divorce right there. Yeah, and I would... Grounds for imprisonment. Yeah, it is. Hashtag, we'll get there. <laughs> but um, her her family stepped up to help her, you know, with the, with the kids and everything. And she had been prohibited from seeing them by previously by hair, you know, so he was isolating her. So hair probably would have, you know, I mean, I, if hair had started a cult, he would have been, he would have gotten along with rock Terrio really well, I think. <laughs> I really do think that he, probably would have turned out to be somebody like Rock Terrio. You know, from the yeah. Ant Hill kids. An interest in uh surgery. <laughs> no, but it probably would have come to that. Mm. So <laughs> hair of the dog that bit you. Well you can play rock, paper, scissor. Oh <laughs> I can't believe you brought that up. It's in part two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to have I mean, that's anything. what everyone envisions when they hear the word Peter Curtin. Was... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because of the center. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to have it in me to do a second part tonight. We're going to do that some other time after. You know. I know we're not doing it tomorrow because it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> but Happy um, Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're doing this the night before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Eve. And um, if I wasn't so sick, I'd be out. You know, I, I my my daughter is with her mother and um, I'd probably be out at a bar trying to, you know, did you see the Eli Roth movie? Which one? Thanksgiving. No, I haven't, <laughs> but I guarantee you if Eli Roth made it, I probably wouldn't want to do it. Oh, you don't, you're not a fan. No, I'm a, I, his movies are okay and everything, but I guarantee you, I probably would not want to do what was, being depicted in that movie cooking people alive no i'm not you're not a cannibal not a cannibal so (laughs) (laughs) what are we talking about (laughs) okay so um peter then began sleeping at home once again and but while he was roughing it he had been stealing to get by and he he actually got a job and started helping his mother with the bills. And all of a sudden they could afford things. Imagine that because the money wasn't going to, you know, and he was obviously making less than his dad was, but it wasn't going to the old, uh, wasn't going to, wasn't going to the bartender. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm having a rougher time with this fucking cold than I did with COVID. Honestly. Oh man. Bummer. <sighs> So um, I'll get I'll get through this one. I def I definitely don't have a second one in me though. That's for damn sure. So still, um, Peter, ever the scumbag, picked up where his father left off and began raping his sister. One night, his mother came home from the store. She heard something coming from the bedroom. She walked in, saw the kids lined up, 
watching something and and on the bed peter was drilling his his sister it was that same scene all over again in fact she thought that somehow hair had gotten out of out of prison and was had come back so but when she realized that it was peter she screamed and the kids scattered away and his sister got away from peter and she also bolted so she began beating peter as much as she was able which obviously wasn't much peter overpowered her pinned her on the floor and then pecked her on the lips and then got up and left and that was a power move obviously to establish dominance but he made sure he stole every bit of cash from from his family as he left and his his brother had run to the police station same as his mother had done previously, but the police didn't get there soon enough and Peter was gone. Like father, like son. Yeah, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? Nine. So Peter had been working at the same molding plant that his father had worked at, and he was a model employee there, and he, because of that, he became a key holder. And he went in that night and stole a bunch of tools for that he would use for breaking and entering. And Peter had watched the boss open the safe many times and memorized the combination. He opened it and took all the money that was inside, which was money for payroll. You know, and it was obviously that Peter had done it since he mysteriously didn't show up for work ever again the same day that the payroll was taken. So they reported the theft to the police who were already looking for him for the rape of his sister. What a fucking asshole, man. Yeah. And it only gets worse, folks. Oh, yeah. Uh, It gets much worse. I mean, we're not going to get to the really bad shit until part two. We got something to look forward to. Yeah. So Peter roughed it for several months, drifting further away from Cologne. He was frugal with the money that he had stolen, so if he needed something, he'd just steal it. His life was fairly mundane those first few months laying low and surviving, and then he met a prostitute who was about 10 years older than him, and she had a reputation of taking the clients that the others didn't want. You know, the men who liked it rough, because she liked it rough, too. It's just like a Mark Twain story. (laughs) Is this what uh, Huckleberry Finn was based on? You got rafting and... Could be. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, it could be. Oh. Don't think he whitewashed the fence, though. <laughs> I think that's Tom Sawyer. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> uh. He became a regular client of hers and even treated her with respect. And she was a freak and he was a sadist and it was a match made somewhere. Aww. (laughs) And she took all Peter could dish out and she enjoyed it. I mean, hey, if you enjoy it, that's one thing. If there's two consensual adults, you can do anything you want. Yeah. Have at it. Yeah. Just don't kill anybody. Yeah. That's not consensual. No. Right. Well, even if it is, you, you still can't do it. That's kind of like <laughs> yeah, a... You should still not do it, I know, right? Yeah. Like that Japanese cannibal guy. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but by this time, Peter had taken up drugs and liquor, and his job 
his 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 job was breaking and entering, and he lived in the back of the brothel. He had a willing sex doll and enough and enough money for food, but it wouldn't last long because people noticed or people police noticed the rash of break-ins and they got tips of who it was so they raided the brothel and peter was hauled away naked because he was like in the act with his girlfriend but you know pete peter's sick love interest had another client as soon as peter was taken away <laughs> she's like all right next <laughs> <laughs> she was all about the money so Peter was sentenced to a month in prison. You know, since they had no way of knowing about his crimes in Cologne, you know, um, yeah, raping his sister and all that shit. He was uh, released in August of 1899, and then he then relocated to Dusseldorf, which is a big city, and where he would be less conspicuous with his criminal activity. He started feeling freaky again, and he met an 18-year-old girl. And he convinced her to go to the Hof Garden, which is a public garden. It's it's not known if this girl was a prostitute or not. Um, Peter led her off the main path and where, the, where they went into some bushes and got busy. And Peter couldn't climax because it, it was just normal consensual sex. And she started commenting, and I was like, are, are you done yet? She's like looking at her watch. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Come on, hurry Z up. Uh, so, but that pissed Peter off. And I, I, and the way it was written, I don't necessarily think that she was ragging on him as much as she was just asking a question. Mm-hmm. Usually, a woman, if you're taking too long, a woman only asks that question because she's already gotten off at least once or twice. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. really? Are you, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, but that's not how Peter, but that's not how Peter took it. Uh, he started roughing her up and that wasn't working either. So he started choking her. That wasn't working either. And then he strangled her to death and finally climaxed and he loved that load. And he decided the ultimate thrill. I lost my lost my place. I've got Facebook up right next to me, and I just got a message on it, and it distracted me. Get the Where hell off Facebook while we're doing the podcast, I man! Am. Come on! All right, there, got it. Facebook, bye bye. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, he strangled her to death and then finally climaxed, and he loved that load, and he decided that that's what he'd do more often. Woohoo! Yippee! Yay! I, all I gotta do is kill him. <laughs> Yay! I'm so cool. So, um, he he was pumped, and he'd outdone his father. He actually killed somebody. Yay, <laughs> Peter! <laughs> Yay! Fuck off! Wonderful. Peter. Go fuck yourself, Peter. (laughs) (sighs) There was no going back now. And although there is no official record of this murder, he claims it. Um, He lay low again while continuing to steal. And it would be a while before he killed again. 
But he got a little too big for his britches with the burglaries, and he bumped into somebody with more street smarts than he had, and he tried to get over on him. So he wound up being arrested for fraud. But mm. but once his picture appeared in the paper, more victims came forward reporting him for what he had done to them. <clears throat> One woman accused him of attempted rape. He had pulled a gun on her, and it was fired, but she wasn't shot, thankfully, and she was able to get away. He ultimately got four years hard labor. Dusseldorf Prison was a rough place, and Peter quickly learned the rules, but he also learned how to game the system. Before a hard labor shift began, he'd break some small rule that got him thrown into solitary. <laughs> so, using your head? Yeah, it is. So, he did very little, if any, hard labor, and he just sat in solitary, fantasizing, coming up with new ways to be a total piece of shit. Yeah. Probably reliving his crimes in his head. They like to do that. And coming up with different ones to do and whatnot. Mm. So, <laughs> so Germany was in bad shape after a recent war with France. And Peter was offered early release if he joined the German army. And in 1904, he was a member of the 98th Infantry Regiment of the German army. And he was rushed off for training. But he was not a good soldier. And he was routinely punished. And... And by the end of the summer, Peter had deserved, deserted, and he was living on the, on the, in the rough once again. So by the fall of 1904, not being able to find women in the country where he was laying low, he found a new hobby. Take a guess. Mm, um, Yahtzee. You got the, the number of syllables, right? (laughs) <laughs> arson arson yay gonna burn it down let the bunker burn <clears throat> a lot of guys like arson um the old uh son of sam they say that he probably set tons of stuff on fire over there in new york haven't covered Son of Sam yet. He's probably he's one of those ones that we'll get to later on down the road. You know, like we 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 say Jeffrey Dahmer will be episode five hundred, <laughs> and we're on, I guess eighty. There's so many of them. Yeah, I like to try to find the little weird ones. Yeah, I mean one one good resource there is is podcast show serial killers. They've got like over like 600 700 episodes nothing but serial killers so it's just like you find one that they do they do the like the bare minimum just effect stuff so you do more research into some somebody that you've never heard of you do some research in it and you've got like an hour and a half long episode you know and yeah that's that's good i haven't i haven't gone to that well very much but i know i know that it's there in the future yeah i used to listen to that show a lot yeah, it's, it it's it's kind of I can't really listen to it anymore because it's just it's just too just the facts for me. Yeah, but I've noticed that they also every get some facts wrong sometimes too. They do. Well, they're a little rushed. Well, I mean, even I mean, I mean, every pod- week they're they're busting them out. Last podcast on the left in their BTK episode, they got a lot wrong in that one. Did they? Yeah, and 
And the reason I called them out on that is because I just like when I first started getting into the possibility of doing a true crime podcast, like BTK was like one of those stories that captivated me most. So I like looked into it and everything. We did that episode early on. It fucking sucked. And we're going to redo it at some point really soon, <laughs> but um, we're going to redo it. Give it the proper treatment. But um, here, I'll do my serial killers. Bill's not a psychologist, but he has done a lot of research <laughs> on this case. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> but, but the, but yeah, they they got a lot wrong in BTK. But that was a very early episode for them. So, I mean, yeah, they've, they've improved a lot. They changed. Oh a lot. yeah, yeah. They're 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 a true crime po- comedy podcast. I would say they are the they they are the top dog. I would say. Yeah, I love them. I love them to death. I had even dreamed about them. Uh, what? A little bit rude and crude for a lot of people. I know. I noticed that they get a lot of hate. They get a lot of hate on that Facebook um, group. Well, they got because they're you know they're, they're all constantly laughing and they're constantly joking, but that's just well, the way they are. If you don't like them, don't listen to them. Right, and, but they're the number they're the top dog out there, so they're obviously yeah, doing something right. Definitely. So they're New York Times best selling authors. No, no shit. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> uh, maybe maybe they'll hear this and give give us a free plug on their show yeah i'm sure yeah right (laughs) (laughs) so um but anyway arson he discovered that setting fires excited him sexually as well he could he he could only climax in front of a fire if he was fantasizing he imagined there were burning people alive in the buildings that's hot literally it's hot because they're on fire. Yeah. <laughs> but although sometimes there would be homeless people sleeping in them and he did burn some people alive. There's no number on how many, but remains were found at some of the sites. Real class act this guy. Yeah, he's he's not the not the sweetest character out there. Hey, he's I didn't know much about him. I mean, I'd heard a couple podcast episodes about him and everything, but I didn't really. It, it's not one that kind of stuck with me. Um, kind of one, he's one of the worst. He is one oh, of yeah. the worst. He's 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 the the vampire of Dusseldorf. Yeah, but um, my father was a um, huge Fritz Lang fan, and he loved the movie M. Uh, he also really liked Peter Lorre, and so my he it, the M is based on him. And so my dad used to talk about him to me, and I actually have read a book or two about him, but it's it's been a long, long, long time. So that's how I was in. I was introduced to this guy as a little kid. Oh wow! <laughs> M is a fantastic film. Love it. But have you seen I, it? No, I haven't. Is it on Amazon or something? I'm sure it's you know it's like 1930s German expressionism. Mm. Fritz Lang. So if it's not on Amazon, it might be on like Tubi or something like that. It's probably around. You know Peter Lorre. I can't do it. How do you, how does Peter Lorre talk? <laughs> I don't know. My um my that fat chance I'll be able to do a accent tonight with you know with this freaking cold. Other than if I go to go, my cup perfect nugget. 
you know, but, <sighs> but on New Year's Eve, 1905, the military caught up with him. He was charged with desertion. He was sentenced eight years at the prison in Munster. He tried his defiance act again, but it didn't work. And, um, he would receive beatings in addition to solitary. So he spent 90% of the sentence bleeding in solitary. Not exactly the imagination land that he had previously been in. Mm. But now he was angry and he wanted to kill on a massive scale. And if he had just not deserted and waited a few more years for Archduke Franz Ferdinand to be assassinated, he would have been able to kill as many people as he wanted. The shot heard around the world. Yep. The wrong turn. But he ultimately was released when, and he decided to return to Dusseldorf where he immediately resumed breaking into houses. He would also rob stores and, and whatever else caught his eye. He wanted to exact revenge on how bad he had been treated. And he and Carl Panzram would have made quite the deadly dynamic duo. Like, well, Carl Panzer would have been raping the fuck out of that guy. I'm getting there. Pan, but Pan, Panzram gets the men and the boys. Curtin gets the women and the girls. Although Panzram would have probably just raped and killed him without finding out about their mutual common interests. <laughs> right. Yeah, Panzram. He, he, Panzram didn't like anybody. <laughs> no. Fritz Hamann was at work at the same time there in Germany. Huh? Fritz Harman, the werewolf of uh Yeah. The wolfman of, of Hanover. The yeah, wolfman but, uh, of Hanover. But Pans Pansram was um young at this point. He was alive at this point and right. I can't remember exactly when Pansram was born. But I think he was born in the eighteen hundreds. So they they're probably pretty close to the same age. On May 25th, 1913, Peter Curtin came across a little girl named, nine-year-old girl named Christine Klein, who was asleep in a, the room of, of a house that he was breaking into. He literally choked her to death through the window. Mm. And he then pulled out a pocket knife and cut her throat. And when he hit the carotid artery, the blood started spurting, and he ejaculated right then. He climbed in to admire his handiwork and he molested her corpse. He didn't even rob the place. He was on a sexual high. Yeah. And he hadn't made it back to Dusseldorf just yet. But so the, but the next day he returned to the scene of the crime just to watch and listen to the, all the chaos that he caused. Mm. And he got, he got off on that as well. Mm. Oh, God. Little Richard Ramirez vibe because, uh, you know, he used to break into houses as a means of survival. He was a thief, but, um, eventually it caused such sexual arousal that he ended up, yeah, only breaking and entering for, um, rape and murder when originally yeah, it had been for, you know, monetary reasons. There could have been a, there could have, in part two, we're going to get to it, like, there, there could have been, there was an opportunity for there to be a Richard Ramirez type, um, you know, lynching of Peter Curtin. And I wish it had happened. It could have, it could have happened, but you're going to have to wait till the next episode to hear that because I definitely don't have two episodes in me. Hear all <laughs> the fun ahead, folks. So 
Peter Curtin had a, a second victim in this murder other than Stephanie's parents. Um, his father, her father, Peter Klein had a violent argument with his brother Otto, who, you know, he was a piece of shit, tried to mooch him. What, what's that? Death. Oh. <laughs> but he, he was trying to, he, he, he was just a classic mooch, you know, and Otto told Peter that if he didn't give him the money, something horrible would happen to him and haunt him for the rest of his life. Peter told Otto to fuck off. But that was earlier the day prior, and Christine was brutally murdered the next night. Mm. So with Otto the prime suspect, police searched the scene for any bit of evidence to charge Otto with this. What they did find was a handkerchief that had been used to wipe the blood off of the knife. And on the hanky, there were stitched initials P.K. Curtin overheard this, and he freaked not realizing that Christine's father had the exact same initials, but that, but that was, but that was Peter. That was Peter Curtin's hanky, not Peter Klein's. Yeah. That was a lucky break there. Yeah. So I tragic. I threw I threw you a swerve there because Otto was arrested, not Peter Klein. Otto was acquitted, but he was a pariah for the, for 15 years, you know, and the the family and community assumed that he was guilty and they wanted him to go to the guillotine. You know, why, what I don't get is why Peter Klein didn't say, that's not my hanky. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it doesn't matter how big of a piece of shit Otto is. Does he deserve to go down for a, a murder that he didn't commit? That right. wasn't, that wasn't Peter Klein's handkerchief. He didn't have a handkerchief like that. That that would have that would have ended everything for as as far as like Otto being, mm-hmm. yeah. But Peter Curtin even in even attended Christine's funeral, and he was loving all the chaos that he created. And he would later return to jerk off at the gravesite. Oh, oh what a piece of shit. But he finally made it back to Dusseldorf, and it was on. He somehow got his hands on a skeleton key, which would make his robberies much easier to pull off. He hit the wealthy neighborhoods, acquiring a lot of booty, and quietly and effortlessly. And Carl Panzram would have loved to have had one of those doohickeys. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he also started back again with the arson and it seems like at this stage he was he has to work himself up to commit another murder but he got there soon enough and he used his key to rob a house and he he found 17 year old Gertrude Franklin asleep and her parents weren't home he had climbed on top of her and she woke up and she struggled but that ex- just excited Peter even more so he started choking her and she bit her tongue and like a shark you know, just a drop of blood sent him into a frenzy. He raped her, brutalized her, and when he finished, he bolted, but Gertrude survived. She was unconscious when he left, but she, she regained consciousness, staggered out on the street, and the neighbors rushed over to, you know, give her assistance. And they called the police, and they watched over her until her parents got home shortly later. The 
police investigation showed no evidence of a break-in or even lock-picking, so they determined that somebody had a skeleton key. And skeleton key, I mean, I, it's skeleton keys back then open up every single lock. <laughs> Uh, I don't think they open up every lock, but um, um, I'm not exactly sure how that was working there, but I don't think locks were as sophisticated. Well, mm, I don't know. I mean, he, he, when he was living on the, um, when he had run away and he, and he was doing that life of crime and living with that prostitute, he uh, frequented with a lot of criminals and uh, he would have been uh, taught in the um, lock picking and, and the and the use of a of a key like that, he would have known what he was doing. Yeah, but one thing is missing here is how he got his hands on that thing in the first place. I mean, just, like I said, yeah, he's got he's part of the criminal underworld. Yeah, but but still, how did he get it? I mean, if you have a, number one, very he few people stole it. <laughs> well, yeah, but very few people have them. So how would he know a who had them and b where they kept it? locksmith probably broke into a locksmith place maybe who knows or he could have bought it on the in the black market on the internet (laughs) amazon (laughs) skeleton key send send a telegram (laughs) never trust a locksmith yeah that's probably what happened he probably robbed a locksmith and he probably just, and honestly, he probably, I, I, I can't believe there's one, It this isn't the ring of power like in Lord of the Rings. One ring, <laughs> this is one key to open them all. There had to have been like multiple skeleton keys. Well, right. Because you've got different brands. Or yeah, maybe he you probably don't. had like a whole bunch of keys for and knew all the different um, lock types. A skeleton key ring. Right. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't say. It just said that he got his hands on a skeleton key. But um, man, so news news went out saying that the suspect probably had a skeleton key. So Peter Curtin just pulled a Richard Ramirez and threw his key into the Rhine River. <laughs> well, Richard Ramirez threw pulled his a shoes. Peter Curtin <laughs> and threw his shoes into the river. Yeah. yeah. After what's her name uh, in San Francisco, Diane Feinstein, Diane Feinstein told the whole goddamn world what his shoes were like. Yeah. All right, we're looking for this man. He's wearing these types of shoes, and this is what he looks like, and this is what he does. And we're, I'm just, just, just give me, just give me about ten minutes here. I'm going to give you every bit of information that the police have. Yeah, Avia shoes. They you could they you can still get those today. I was thinking yeah. about even buying a pair just for <laughs> Well, Kool Aid didn't go out of business thanks to Jim Jones. Yeah, but that was actually Flavor Aid. I know it was Flavor Aid, but Kool Aid, <laughs> but but the uninformed yeah, call it Flavor. It, yeah. call, call it Kool Aid. It just sounds cooler. Yeah, don't drink the Kool Aid. Uh, you know why there's not a lot of jokes about Jim Jones? Punchlines too long. I knew there was something coming and if I didn't have this this horrible cold I probably would have gotten it. I'm a little, I'm a little off tonight. I'm I'm like 
I'm I'm like the backup quarterback at the moment, even though <laughs> I'm the same quarter quarterback. I don't know. <sighs> that day calls going to your head, buddy. <laughs> and the Bud Light. <laughs> and... I don't know. I think I'm doing an okay job. What do you think? Yeah. I sound I sound horrible, but whatever. I did I did an episode with COVID. Right? Oh shit. <laughs> oh man. So um news went out saying that the suspect probably had a skeleton key. Peter threw his key into the Rhine River and I already said that. So um Peter went home only to find the police waiting for him there. Peter Curtin attempted to talk his way out of it with doublespeak and misdirection, but the police didn't buy it, and he was arrested. And he spent hours in the holding cell trying to figure out why he was arrested. They didn't tell him why he was arrested. And he couldn't come up with anything because, as far as he knew, they didn't know anything about anything. So, finally, officers showed up and began questioning him with their fists. And they started rattling off evidence and all the burglaries that had been happening as well as fires that he had started and this was meant to soften him up for interrogation they were just having fun but i mean but still even without the murder all the arson and the burglaries and stuff is still a high profile criminal yeah he's a busy boy Mm -hmm. they don't know about terrifying yeah they don't know about the you know all the other shit so he he wound up being sent to the military prison in Brieg. And um, Peter did what he did, trying to work the system. And he wound up serving eight years. It was it, it was originally six, but he managed to have a total of two years added here and there, week here, week there, month here, month there, for being a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> was that in the official records? Douchebag. Douche <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I, I I I took some creative liberties on that one, but I, but basically, basically, what they said is, yeah, he was a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> so he was released in April 1921, and he had to choose now what he was going to do: go legit because he was now 38 years old, matured, or go back to his antics in the past. And he's realizing that if he had been caught for any of the murders that he had done, he'd be he would be get the death sentence for it. The guillotine. So, the guillotine. So he chose to go legit, or at least try to. So he tracked down his sister. Yeah. Uh-oh. The I'm one sure that he's happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, she was thrilled. She was surprised. <laughs> the, the one that she had, the one that he had raped. She had made a good life herself in Altenburg and she had gotten married, had a couple of kids. She had left her, 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 God damn it. You know, you're allowed to laugh at me when I do shit. That shit. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, um, you know, where was I? Yeah, she had left her horrific past behind and she was happy until Peter showed up. And hmm. her husband was all for opening the door to her. It's your brother, come on, welcome in. Apparently, she hadn't told him. Blood is thicker than water. 
Well, she, she unfortunately, hadn't told blood excites this man. <laughs> well, she yeah, but she hadn't told she hadn't told him. Mm. She hadn't told him but what had happened. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't know. I mean, you know, in the um, heaven, uh, heavens, no, angels landing episode and everything, when that when that survivor got the hell away. And she found a, a guy that, you know, was awesome to her and everything. You know, she, she, it took her a little while to be able to really tell him anything. Mm-hmm. But then finally, but then finally she did, she did break down and tell him everything. And, um, and that, that, that guy became her number one, you know, he had her back. I so. Yeah, and so um, I don't know, but it was a much different time, you know. So maybe, maybe at that at that time, so like, oh, you've been raped, so you're damaged goods or something like that, right? There's a lot of shame involved. It's sad. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I I personally, it's just you know, if I meet a woman and she's you know had a, a history or whatever, I mean, hell, I'm a fucking cult survivor. I'm I'm not gonna judge anybody, you know. Yeah, she hadn't told her husband anything about what had happened with her. She might have said something about what happened with her dad. I don't know, but her dad was in prison, and that was public record. But she probably didn't say anything about Peter. I bet at this point in the story, she wishes she had, <laughs> <laughs> because um, you know she was terrified, but she hid it very well. Peter said that he wanted to work and settle down. He needed a place to stay until he got back on his feet. And he promised to help in exchange for the roof over his head and for food. And Peter, now keep in mind, he hasn't talked to his sister since he, since the day that he raped her and took off. Mm. So she doesn't know anything. She doesn't know that he had been a soldier or anything like that. She knows nothing. So Peter mentioned that he had been a soldier and he had been locked away. And the way he spun it using like double speak and everything was that like he, he made them believe that he had been taken prisoner without saying it, mm-hmm. but he had been taken prison. That was true from a certain point of view. Right. <laughs> but, um, but it worked and his brother-in-law opened the doors for Peter as long as he needed to get, you know, as long as he needed to get back on his feet. And he, he had no idea of Peter's knowledge of his wife. <laughs> Interesting term. Yeah. And it's just. It's heavy duty, man. It doesn't get much heavier. No, I, I feel bad for, I, I feel bad for her, for Peter's sister. And I feel bad for, you know, his brother-in-law as well. I mean. Yeah, you know, right. brother-in-law thinks he's just trying to do the right thing by the family and everything. Sister doesn't know, you know, she's too scared to tell him anything and all that stuff. It just sucks both, you know, for both of them. It sucks. You know, so yeah, that's a rough situation. Yeah. To but say Peter, the least. But Peter found a job. He was being friendly. Maybe he had changed. You know, he did his job. He did well, and he began climbing the union ladder. And he was hanging out at his sister's candy shop 
one day when a woman named Auguste Sharaf, S-C-H-A-R-A-F, Sharaf? 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 Sharif. S-C-H-A-R-A-F. That doesn't sound German. Sharif. 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 Sharif Davida. <laughs> Sharif don't like it. <laughs> Rock the Casbah. Sharif. Rock we'll just go curtain. with We'll just go with Sharif. And Peter was interested in this woman and he began talking to her and his sister had no reason at this point to cock block him. <laughs> because it's I mean, well, there, mo- there was all that raping and stuff. Well, but. yeah, but months had gone by and nothing had happened. Peter is actually like a delight to be around. You know, he was, he was, he was he doing pushing good. It there. <laughs> well, he's, he's being so, a good. He was on his best different, behavior. Different time, different time. Mm-hmm. So Peter seemed to have turned over, turned over a new leaf, and now for the most obvious put a knife in it that we've ever had on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It turned turned out that Auguste had been in jail and she had been a prostitute in her past. She had been married to an abusive man and she had killed him. And Peter had no problem with her past. In fact, he liked it. He could relate to her. And they even waited until they were married before they started having sex. Oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> yeah. And then, after a couple of years, they moved to Dusseldorf, where they were able to establish themselves very quickly. But as usual, Peter got bored with the norm and began having affairs, having multiple affairs. And that's where we're going to wrap up part one. So. All right. Be sure to tune in next week, folks. It's going to get wild. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening. We appreciate the hell out of it. Um, thank you. Thank you, Matt, for f- filling in for Todd while he was taking some time off. Appreciate the hell out of it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And you'll be back on for part two, right? Hell yeah. You know I will. <laughs> yeah, we can't exactly you know, have somebody else come in on part two. It's got to be you. It's got to be me, and I will be here. And hopefully I won't sound like I have a frog in my throat (laughs) for part two. But anyway, um, yeah, check us out on socials. Check out Murder Coaster, uh, Okay, I get get tongue-tied on my own website. CKCBpodcast.com It's got everything there. Um, if you would hook us up and hook murder, co- murder, what the fuck? Murder coaster up with a, um, with a, with five star reviews and comments and everything. And, um, and definitely check murder coaster out too. Cause I, you know, that's one of my go to podcasts that I listen to now. So, Thank you so much. Love it. Appreciate I love it. it. So, um, anyway, until next week, later. Alvita Zane.